Hello and welcome back to Tukul Story. You are listening to me, Janaki Broly. In these times, while traveling is still taboo, I have been traveling through books. A thought-provoking collection of essays by the Kenyan writer Nandiala Niyabola, Traveling While Black, has been taking me around the world these last few days. And my husband will assure you that reading is a great way to socially distance oneself. Niyabola's collection of essays has been reminding me how who we are and where we come from sharply shapes our experiences as travellers. As a British Indian, married to a Swede, travelling together with my husband often throws a new light on the attitudes and social customs of the places we visit together. It is time for us to travel together with Tukul's story. Last year, I took my listeners with me to Sierra Leone. And this summer, over the next five or so episodes, I will be travelling further east and further back in time. I will be reading for you extracts from my travel diary from 2006. In that year, my husband, Per, and I, newly married and still in our final year at medical school, spent two months exploring and volunteering in rural India. India, the country where my parents were born, the world's largest democracy, home to over a billion people, holy rivers and mighty mountains, has been in the news again of late. The diaries will give you a picture of rural India from the perspective of a tourist and a volunteer. It is 2006. We are winding our way up, passing small hill towns in the foothills of the Himalayas and our destination is Sipil, a tiny village in the Chamoli district of Uttaranchal, nestled between the tributaries of the beautiful Nandakini River. The Savoy Hotel at Almora had come recommended by the Lonely Planet, and was certainly a few standards lower than the luxury we had so far been used to on the plains. At the small reception, however, we had to insist once again that we wanted just the one double room. This has been a recurring theme so far on our trip, and I'm starting to get used to the curious suspicion we're always eyed with when we try and check in at small hotels. We took a stroll along the long bazaar, which was exciting, busy and full of people and small shops. We treated ourselves to some garam jalebis and then walked towards the western edge of the Almora, known as Bright End Corner. Several people had gathered here, mostly locals I think, to watch the sun go down. We found a peacefully secluded spot and watched as the sun set behind the hills. It was almost a magical experience. The sun rises and sets so rapidly in these parts, going from day to night in just a few minutes. Before we left Almora the next day, we decided to visit the Almora Leprosy Mission Hospital, 
Here we introduced ourselves and were welcomed warmly by the administrator. He explained to us the history and structure of the hospital. A British commissioner, it is said, in around 1860 had found a group of leprosy sufferers huddled under a rock. Apparently scared, and most certainly ostracised by their communities. The incident inspired him to support and treat the sufferers and spread awareness about the disease. Working in parallel with the government, the hospital now provides free treatment under WHO funding and guidelines and a permanent home for elderly sufferers who have been evicted from their communities. A rehabilitation programme is also implemented whereby sufferers are supported in maintaining a livelihood. A friendly paramedical worker gave us a tour. The old men and women who were permanent residents here were so happy to meet us. One lady told us how her home was now here, explained to us her experiences as a leprosy sufferer. Another man, who had only recently been diagnosed, was noticeably much more distant and spoke very little. I was a little surprised by the friendliness with which the residents welcomed us. I didn't feel scrutinised as I often am when I travel with hair across India. Our guide was very knowledgeable and taught us a great deal about leprosy while he showed us around. He even showed us some slides of the mycobacteria that causes the disease under a microscope. We learned that with the success of the leprosy relief efforts in India, and particularly in Uttaranchal, the incidence of the disease had fallen rapidly. With reduced demand, WHO funding had also declined, leaving the paramedical worker as a pathologist come dispenser come doctor at the hospital. For an impromptu visit, Per and I had learnt a lot in just two hours and left with reading material, happy memories and momentous photographs. We both realised how little we had known about leprosy. We discussed later how international organisations such as the Leprosy Mission with specific targets had the potential to succeed. However, our visit had also highlighted how the Almora Leprosy Hospital was now suffering from its own success. With reduced demand, funding and facilities had dwindled. An excellent infrastructure and potential resources were still present. And I hope that these can soon, or at some time in the future, be diverted to a more needy cause in today's India. From Almora, we headed to the next guidebook Himalayan destination, Kosani. And this town and scenery would live up to its descriptions in the guidebooks. We climbed a small hill behind our hotel, and from there, we caught the first glimpse of the snow-capped Himalayan peaks. Far away in the distance, we had to concentrate to tell the peaks apart from the clouds. And it looked like a fairyland. Pear was so delighted, he called home immediately to tell his parents. Our next stop after Kosani would be the small town of Gualda. And this was our first introduction to rural Uttaranchal. On our excursions from here, including an 8km trek to Bhagwati Mandir at the height of over 2,000 metres, we came across a number of locals going about their daily lives. One young girl, very curious about our lives, followed us for a long part of our trek. At the Bhagwati Mandir, a regular worshipper shared with us her prashad and took us to see some older Lord Shiva shrines a short distance away. 
these shrines were no more than a collection of rocks and stones underneath ancient trees, but left me with a deep spiritual feeling. From Gualdam, we left Kumao behind and headed towards our destination in Garhwal. We reached Nandaprayag, just as the heavens burst open with torrential rain, and we decided to spend the night here. A power cut amidst the heavy rains had left the small town in darkness, but we managed to find our way to the small government guest house, which had no guests, and we were given a room for the night. The place was very sparsely furnished, but the sheets felt and smelt clean. At Nanprayag, we would leave behind the main tourist trail, the National Highway, as well as mobile connection. So we made the opportunity to ring our families the next morning, before we swerved off the highway heading eastwards, along the narrow Nandakini River Valley, towards Ghat, the small settlement where the road would end. Thank you.